Welcome back to Lawl Arena. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. The score after two is Merrimack three, Boston College two. Mike McMahon joins us. Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and also WarriorRinkRat.com. And, uh, well, pretty good lead in there at the end of the period, Mike. Uh, we were talking about it before the game, and I know you had a little bit on it this week in your column this week. And, and of course, uh, it's been one of the hot topics around here is that, uh, I guess, the big question that people have, what's wrong with Stefan DaCosta? I'm not sure that there's been anything wrong with him, but it just seems as though he has been snake bitten. And you reminded me there that besides that one, he hit the one back in the first period. That's right. He did bring it off the crossbar. So he's got two posts in this game alone. Do you have any idea how many posts he's hit over this stretch? Uh, well, I know obviously two tonight. I think he hit two against Lowell on Saturday. Uh, I don't remember about Friday's game, but yeah, there's been a lot of posts. And I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, obviously, uh, when you're as good as he is, at some point you're going to just snap out of it. And I think if he just keeps doing what he's doing, it's only a matter of time before he you know, puts in four goals in a three-game stretch or something like that. Usually, you know, when guys break out of things like this that, that are as good as he is, they usually break out of it in a pretty big way. So uh, when he does, I, I expect him to sort of go off here a little bit. Two assists for him tonight, of course, so that breaks the streak. Uh, five games that he had, had gone without a point. And the first one, a nice beat on the stretch pass. They've got the stretch play, actually. They've, they've got two goals on the stretch play tonight. And, uh, and able, able to catch BC uh, twice on those two goals. But uh, BC has tried to catch them a couple times as well. Yeah, I noticed that. You know, it was really one of the first times in the last year and a half that I think a team has tried to stretch on them. Uh, I know Hayes has been doing it a lot on his line. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they're trying to take a, a page out of their playbook a little bit. But it's the first time that I've seen a team uh, you know, try to do that to them and take that guy out of the, out of the defensive zone. You know, we were talking before the game, and you mentioned the story you told about the uh, the scout that you talked to. Can you, can you really relay that? I think that's a pretty good story. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly don't even know his name, which is probably good because he didn't want me to, to mention it anyway. But uh, we, I talked to him about DaCosta after Saturday's game. I know I was going to write something on him this week. And I said, you know, I, I recognize him. He'd been here a lot. And I said, you know, you've seen a lot of the games. Uh, you know, wh what do you think? This is a scout from one of the NHL teams. Exactly. He's from one of the, one of the teams in the NHL. So uh, I said, you know, what, just, what do you think? You know, you, you've watched the guy play. Uh, he told me he'd seen him play. He'd seen every game he's played except for the Niagara game this year. And uh, does think, you know, part of it is that teams are, are, are beating him up a little bit because, you know, you've got that superstar attention now that, hey, you know, he's obviously the, the guy with the name. He's the guy that other teams are going to go after uh, in terms of, you know, whether it be hooking a guy in a neutral zone or holding a guy up or whatever. I mean, he's the guy that, that teams are gunning for. He's the best guy on the team uh, in terms of skill-wise player. And not only that, but he said, you know, one of the things that he, he looks for scouting NHL talent when guys go through slumps is, is how do they react when things aren't going their way. And one of the things he pointed out to me that he was encouraged by is that he hasn't really changed anything. You know, he's still playing the same type of game and the same style and doing the same things that he's always done, uh, which led the scout to believe that you know, he's obviously confident in his own abilities. Uh, he's doing what's brought him here, and, and obviously that's been doing pretty well. So uh, he was encouraged by the fact that, you know, he wasn't changing things. He wasn't, or it didn't appear to be changing things or, or doing anything that, uh, you know, wouldn't be playing his normal or the normal way he plays the game. Everything was staying the same. It was just, you know, the pucks hadn't been falling in the net for him uh, in the last couple of games. Here. I think he's got to be wondering if they are after 
especially after last weekend and then a night like tonight. Not only the two posts that he's hit, but uh, he had a couple of chances. And then, hey, give credit for to BC. They got away with a with a couple of uh, little hooks on him and just enough. It's you know that hook where he, where he had the chance, the, the the shot on Muse, where sometimes you might see a call that. that do you think those is that the type of penalty that Mark Dennehy's been upset about that that is not being called on DaCosta? Well, I mean, you know, when DaCosta has the puck and in, in, in the play it's being done to him. I, I think that is exactly the type of play that he's talking about. And it was, I mean, it's one of those things that I look at and thought there should have been a hooking call. It's something that we see a lot, and a lot of times it's called. Sort of has the puck right there in the doorstep. Somebody gets the, the sticker on him just enough to slow him down. And that's all you got to do. If you slow him down for that split second, you know, Muse was on the far post, so he, he pretty much he didn't have an open net, but had some space there. Uh, but he slowed him down just enough that Muse was able to get to that near post and, and cut off the lane and, and, you know, ends up making the save of the play instead of the puck ended up in the net. I think that's exactly what he's talking about. It's one of those things. It's not like he's getting hauled down to the ice or, you know, he's getting chucked around or, and, and getting dropped all over the place. It's those little things, those little clutching, grabbing, hooking that's slowing him down just enough that's allowing somebody to make a play on him that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune, warriorrinkrat.com. It's 3-2 Merrimack after 2. and. Uh, haven't had a chance to talk to you lately about this, but a couple of uh, commits you've had on your blog, the uh, verbal commits from recruits over the last two or three weeks or so, they've been pretty busy this uh, fall. Haven't this as busy as you've seen them? Uh, this is the busiest I've ever seen them, yeah. I mean, especially in October, it seemed like we were getting a, a new name that was committing every four or five days. I'd have to look back. I mean, there was probably six or seven of them in, in the month of October. It just seemed like literally every couple of days we had a new guy. What can you tell us about the, the two guys that are most recent? Uh, two, they both seem to be puck movers. Uh, one is named Mike Wills. He's playing for, um, I think it's Lindsay in the Ontario Hockey League, which is a, a league that they haven't gone to in a while. Uh, it's a league that I'm not sure this coaching staff has ever gone to since they've been here. I'll have to look that up. Uh, but I believe the last player that Merrimack's had out of that league was Brock Wilson back probably around 2005. Uh, Mike Wills is a defenseman. Uh, he's about 5'11 or 6 feet tall, somewhere around there. Uh, I talked to both him and his coach a couple weeks ago, and, and they both uh, both said he, he's a more of a stay-at-home type mold. Uh, but the coach that I talked to has been the power player this year and had raved about his ability to do things with the puck uh, that really has come on here in the last you know year and a half of him. Uh, he's be become one of their point guys in the power play. And, uh, another commit they got out of Camrose in the Alberta League is uh, Jonathan Lashin, another defenseman uh, who's pretty big. He's a younger guy. He's from 2012. Uh, I think he's only 17 years old right now. Uh, he may have just turned 18, actually, but he's a bigger guy. I think he's about 6'2". Uh, and, and another guy that can move the puck. I think he's their second leading scorer for defenseman on that team. And that's a, te that's a team, obviously, you know, this team's got a lot of talented players from. Chris Barton's from that team. Uh, Jesse Todd, Carl Stollery. So they've had a lot of success recruiting out of Camrose, and, and, and he's just a, another example. And another one that I don't think we've talked about yet is Kyle Singleton, who's a, a forward in the British Columbia League, who's playing for Darren Yopik for the Westside Warriors. Uh, Westside, of course, is where Bernanellos played last year, and, and they also have another uh, two more two recruits playing for Westside right now. Uh, two defensemen, Isaac Bergman and Matt Cronin, are both playing for Westside. I uh, play obviously for, for Darren Yopik, who was here with with Coach Dennehy for his first five or, or five years here. Well, Mike's doing a great job keeping track of all the recruits, so you can go to his blog for all the information. I'm kind of lost track of who's coming next year and who's, who's for the year after and so on, but I know you've got it all there, So it's uh, and I know you, you update the recruit stats as well along the season, so we'll tell the folks to, to head there and check that out. Uh, tomorrow night, the Warriors head up to Durham, the first meeting of the season against 
UNH. So uh, in the final couple of minutes that we have here, why don't we talk about that? Uh, UNH, first of all, uh, how tough is the matchup tomorrow night up there going to be, given that UNH has been off since their 5-5 tie against Brown on Tuesday? The Warriors coming off what's going to be a battle here, and they're going to have done it for the better part of the rest of the game with only five out of their six defensemen after Ross got the gate for the hit from behind. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see some new faces tomorrow, especially on defense where you have, uh, you know, you're going to obviously be playing with five defensemen for almost half this game, if not more than half this game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tom McCarthy get there tomorrow just because of the fact that he's fresh. And obviously Ross is going to be fresh. Uh, I think McCarthy would see get in there tomorrow night just because of the fact that he's going to be fresh legs. Uh, you know, maybe you don't know who you could play for. I think you might play him for a guy like Fraser Allen if, it's, if his knees acting up. Obviously, there's a bigger sheet, more ground to cover there. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the faster guys get in the lineup, too. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jeff Malacca get some time tomorrow just because of the fact that you've got a lot of open ice up there, and he's a pretty fast guy and can take advantage of it. Uh, one thing I had heard, obviously, we haven't been up there yet. Uh, somebody had mentioned to me that they've changed the way the board's on there. At the Whittemore Center, they have the Olympic sheet, obviously, which is a lot wider. Uh, but it, someone said that they changed the corners of the way the boards are on the corners to almost make it mimic an NHL-style sheet, so it sort of comes in more at the end. I haven't seen it. I've had two people tell me about it, uh, <laughs> one of whom works for the league. So I have to assume that it's true. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if that plays you know, into anything in terms of personnel matchups. Obviously, if there's plenty of room in the neutral zone, and even the offensive zone's a lot wider, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some frustration going on. I think it'll be very interesting. We get, you know, UNH likes to skate. This Merrimack team has, has been that way more and more over the years, so should be an entertaining game tomorrow night. Mike, great as always to see you, EagleTribune.com, uh, and your article in the Eagle Tribune tomorrow, as well as WarriorRinkRat.com, and the live blog that you run during the game. So thanks as always, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Mike. You too. All right, that is Mike, May Mike McMahon, rather, from the Eagle Tribune, and our score after two is Merrimack 3, BC 2.